We have so many expectations about what a good mom is and does and should be mm-hmm. that are total crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> impossible for anyone to achieve. And yet we all kind of buy into these high expectations and then think we're horrible mothers and we feel guilty all the time. It's just this really unhealthy way to think about motherhood. Life gets easier if we figure it out together. Welcome to The Lisa Show. Welcome to The Lisa Show. You might have noticed that we have made some big changes here on the show. We are now a weekly show. We've been spending the last few weeks really prepping and working hard behind the scenes to bring you a better show. We've listened to your feedback over the years. And we've made some adjustments because of that. And so I really hope that you have pressed that subscribe button wherever you download this podcast so that when there's a new weekly show, you make sure that you don't miss anything. Now, here on The Lisa Show, we want to really bring you conversations that matter with real people who give you a good perspective, a new perspective to be able to see things in a way that is going to be useful to you and your family. We recognize that you know, in this day and age, everybody's got a lot going on. And we all love our families and we want them to be the best. We all have lots of concerns for ourselves and for our world and for the people who we love. And so we here are trying to sift through all the information and bring you the best that we can find, knowing that You don't have enough time to do that. None of us do. And so we're going to do a lot of that heavy lifting for you. Laugh along the way. Have some really great, interesting conversations. And so we're really glad that you're here because we feel here that we're all in this together. So if you ask any mom if she experiences mom guilt, she's going to look at you and answer in one of two ways, I think. The first one is in disbelief. Like, yeah, of course. Are you kidding? Like, yeah. Where do you want to start? It's just like asking like, you know, why is the sky blue? I don't know. It's just blue. Like, what what do you want from me? And the second one is a little bit more heartbreaking. She'll probably like just look at you exasperated, right? Like overwhelming kind of exhaustion. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm keeping that wolf at bay. Like, do we have to bring this up right now? I got stuff to do. And it's something about motherhood that brings up our deepest insecurities and really seems to highlight our constant shortcomings. And this is where mom guilt is born. Now, I I know that we all have our list in our head of things that we're keeping track of that we feel we should be doing. And we are either consciously not doing them or we can't get to them. And for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. We still will feel guilty about it. And it's very personal and and it's very real to us. And they could be based on what kind of mom we thought we'd be, sort of coming into contrast with the reality of the kind of mom that we're actually turning into. (laughs) It could be outside pressures from everywhere. It could be from family members, society, social media, our neighborhood, our friend group. And what's sort of tricky about it is that it changes too. You know, what we feel guilty about and how or when. Once we realize some mom is doing something different than we do, it is almost like a little cue. Oh, should I be doing that? So as I've mothered over the years, I've been surprised by some of the unexpected things that I feel guilty about. And some of them, I will consciously say, well, it doesn't matter. Like housekeeping, for example, isn't the same thing as being a good mom. And and I know that intellectually, but I'll still feel guilty about leaving dirty dishes in the sink overnight or about not signing a parent permission slip the moment that I get it or forgetting it. Oh, or forgetting to RSVP for a birthday party or something. Things that I know don't really matter and aren't important, I will still feel like, oh, if I were only on top of it better, if I were only more organized, if I were only a better mom. So this is something that even though I know I shouldn't do, I still fall, you know, pray to. And these are the list, and I've only listed things that I don't really think are that big of a deal. There's other issues, like big mom guilt issues, the ones I'm really even hesitant to say out loud or even list because they're harder to brush aside. They have to deal with my kids and how they're quote unquote turning out and what that means and what I intended to do and what I actually did now that they've left home. Those are heavier 
pieces of motherhood and mom guilt. But before I dive into the specifics of uh, my deepest fears and insecurities as a mother, you know, no big deal, I'm joined by my producer and friend, Richie, who told me he's got a couple of questions. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Richie. It seems to me like there are some things like when we talk about mom guilt that I think now maybe this is controversial, but that like maybe are okay to feel guilty about. Like uh-huh. if you didn't have food in your house and your kids y- couldn't eat, yes. like, like that could be something that you're... Okay, that is an understandable mom You need to take care of your kid, right? Yeah, right? But I think that there are some of those things, and I guess I would be sort of curious, what are, as you look back in your Mm -hmm. mothering, you know, your your years of experience (laughs) of mothering, what are those silly or trivial things that you would look at and just be like, I can't believe that that was a thing that I ever worried about. Right. The, the silliest and most <laughs> trivial. Okay, so here's one that just popped into my mind. I felt like I should make a homemade packed lunch for each of my kids growing up. Like, oh, like, they shouldn't have school lunch. Like that's at least gross. one time, because that's or, how my mind goes. No, like one time in their life. No, like all the times. Oh. And or I'd be like, oh well, I put fruit snacks in there or bag chips. You know, I should just do like really nice, healthy stuff. That's ridiculous and crazy. And especially considering their eating habits now, I'm like, as long as you get fed, I think that's great. We're ahead of the game. Did you eat lunch? Yeah. Right? And so uh, I laugh at myself for things like that. But Or I think about, like, the times, um, like, their summer reading program. I remember I used to do the summer reading program at the local library for, you know, all my kids. And I was really good. And one year, for whatever reason, I forgot to sign up in time, and it was too late, and I felt really bad. And I just thought, you can still go to the library and read books. Like, you can still do the thing. And I just, but I wasn't on top of it. They don't each have their individual reading chart. And and if I were more on top of it, I, like, it like that kind of silly, crazy stuff. Uh, I'm I, revealing too much. Yeah, well, and, and you hear me sort of <laughs> snickering in the background. I know, I know. Where if I would have been snickering at you when you were in the thick of it, you would have been like, man, what a, what a jerk. No, I would have just thought, you don't understand. I love these kids so much and they deserve the very best. And and I think that sometimes we can idealize mm-hmm. this idea of mom guilt because you, you think, if I don't worry, if I don't feel bad, then I'm not a good mom, which is a really dangerous thing path to go on. And and I intellectually reject that, you know, of course, of like, that doesn't serve them. That's just not true. How much do you think of it comes from how you were mothered? Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, I do feel like our attitudes about anything are, are based on our experience, right? right? And I have a wonderful mom who's really good at it, like a high gold standard of how you do stuff. And she did make it look effortless and um, fun and all of the things. And she never, like growing up, looking back, seemed stressed out or overworked, but she did everything. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's kind of like, you know, I have this really high ideal. And she would, if she were here, my mom would laugh it off and she'd be like, oh, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I just love being a mom. I wasn't perfect. I did lots of stuff, you know, give me a break. But, um, you know, that kind of standard, I think, in- informed me because I knew she loved being a mom. I love being a mom. Um, I, it seems that I, like, lose my cool a little bit more than she does, <laughs> and that's something that I— But I also, we have very different personalities, very different kids, very different lives. Like, it makes sense. It's not good or bad. It's just what it is. Does it offer perspective that you look at it like she did the perfect job, but she knowingly didn't do the perfect job, and that probably your kids look at the way that you do it and go, she was perfect for me? I do feel like perspective is necessary in motherhood. Absolutely. And I look at my kids and I think, well, you bunch of weirdos. I'm so glad I get to be your mom. And I... And I say that out loud to them because my mom said that and I knew she believed it. No, I mean, she would just say, I am, I'm so glad I got to be your mom. Hmm. And, and I say that to my kids and, and I really mean it. And, and so th- what I always want to like express to my kids is that I love being their mom and I'm not doing it well. They deserve better, but I'll try really hard. <laughs> you know, and I hope that in showing them that transparency of what I struggle with and and what comes easy with me or whatever, that, that it will give them freedom when they become parents to be the kind of moms and dads that they want to be and not have complicated feelings about any of it. 
So chances are, if you have a parenting problem, you, okay, you might Google something. You might like, you know, Google an article or something like that. But what you're really going to do is talk to your friends and ask them, well, what do you do? What do you think? And so that's where Council of Moms has been born. And so I'm really excited today. I'm here with friends Haley, Trieste, and Karina, all moms with different perspectives here to talk about mom guilt. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Lisa. Yeah. Okay, first out of the bat, the first word that comes to mind when I say mom guilt is what? One word. I I just I just remember walking home from church every Sunday for about 15 years having a huge headache, like a hangover headache, like guilt headache, and just what do I have to do better constantly? Yeah. Do you still feel it? No. Okay, good. No. What, what did you do? To I not feel turned it? 40. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was the beyond. gift you gave yourself. That helps. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say most mom guilt, I'm right there with Trieste, most mom guilt comes from comparison, right? So if we hear what other people are doing, whether it's at church or what we're supposed to be doing, or see it on Instagram, then that's where the mom guilt feelings come. But same thing, once you reach a certain age, um, you just start to realize what I have with my kids is a we actually have a good thing going here, and I'm not going to screw that up by looking around to see, oh, what am I not doing? Okay, you're going to hate me. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Okay. I have a couple superpowers. Not many, but I have one. And one of my superpowers is I have zero mom guilt. There is none. I have zero. You should be celebrated. None. What is your secret? Thank you. My secret is I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) It's huge. Were you born with it? I was. You know what? Because my mom has zero mom guilt. I'm like, now, you know, now that she has reached grandmother status, she does have like a little bit of like, oh, wow, maybe I could have done some things different. But like, honestly, legitimately, it's one of the best things I got from her. Zero mom guilt. Isn't it funny how we all have such a different perspectives and maybe different perspectives at times of our lives? And I'm wondering, is, because <laughs> this is a safe place. <laughs> Is there something now that you look back on that you think, okay, that was the most random or the most ridiculous thing to have mom guilt over and that you kind of like, you know, laugh at in your head and make fun of yourself? Like, what's the most ridiculous thing that you've ever felt mom guilt over? Oh, I would say there was a time in my 20s when everyone and their mother just did scrapbooking all the time and they showed their layouts and their LOs. I, it took me a while to figure out what that meant. Cause, and again, I never did any scrapbooking. I think for my oldest, I like, you know, slapped some pictures in a book and I was like, oh, I'm so good at this. And then when I saw what people were doing, I was mortified. I was like, oh no, my kids are going to know that I didn't love them at all. And they're going to want to be, dis- you know, they're going to leave. They're going to. <laughs> No, I mean, it was it was your 20s, right? You're just yeah. seeing what other people are doing. And then one morning I woke up and realized I have no desire to do any scrapbooking ever. And then it also kind of got replaced by Instagram. So yeah. that, that happened. So technology just solved your problem. Technology. I like that. I but like looking that. back on that, I feel pretty dumb <laughs> because, you know, like, like you said, Karina, everyone has different talents. And that was clearly not mine. <laughs> so I, I want uh, all those hours back that I spent yeah. feeling... Guilty. You don't get that back. <laughs> Look, I want to be clear that I am not a better mom than a lot of moms. I am a mediocre mom at best. Stop. But my children don't have a choice. So, like, yeah. I can't feel guilty about the mom that they got. Like, they just, <laughs> I am who I am. This I can't, is... like, actually change. Like, I can try and be a better person and I can try and improve myself incrementally every totally. day. But there are days where you're like, you know what? There are days that you're going to have cereal for dinner and that your bathrooms are going to be disgusting. And mm-hmm. I refuse to feel guilty about that. Yeah. My regret in my 20s with my kids was we lived in Northern California and to get into the preschool, like the preschool mm-hmm. was a big deal. And so we, I got my kids in, my two oldest, and that I just regret paying that tuition every month when I could have just given them a cup of water and let them pour it in <laughs> twice a day. <laughs> 
into another container. Yeah, no, that's like, all they yeah. were doing oh, at preschool. That. So, and it was like a car payment and a half. But yeah, and and when you know, they're like, not that much back. smarter. So. Oh. <laughs> They're why fine. We did They're fine. They're fine. They're totally fine. <laughs> I uh, I was in the hospital with my fifth baby, and um, as a joke, my husband thought it would be funny if he dressed up all the kids like to look like they were homeless, <laughs> like n- like boogers in their nose. It's a great like, bit. Yeah, it's a great bit. <laughs> um, like where, where did that clothes? Come from? Well, because he said that he felt so much pressure to bring the other children to the hospital because he knew it would he stress me guilt. out, and I think he was feeling mom guilt. He was. I do. So he, so he he was gonna lean into it. So I even asked him when they all they all came up. None of their hair was brushed. They looked disheveled, and I would say, I don't even know where you found some of these clothes. He's like, oh, just in the back of the closet, like nothing matched, and he thought it would be funny. I, of course, full of pregnancy hormones, holding a new baby, going, I don't want to leave the hospital. I don't want to go home to you yahoos. I need to sleep for a few days, and he comes, thinks it's really funny, and about 30 seconds in was like, oh, oh, I've made a terrible mistake. (laughs) Because I said, you don't understand how real mom guilt is because you think it's a joke as a dad. It's not a joke. But I remember like kind of being able to Maybe a day or two. Okay, maybe a couple months you're later. Like, you realize that like people aren't going to get it. All they're yeah. going to think is that your wife is a horrible person. Yeah, and right. why is she having more children? Right. So I felt a lot of mom guilt about right. like the sheer number of children that, that I've had. <laughs> like, well, they have to look really well taken care of because I don't want anybody to think, oh, that lady's just having kids without thinking about it. <laughs> and, of course, I'm the only one thinking about that. And I, I realized... If he's making that joke to me, it does send us sort of a message of like, who cares? Nobody cares. So, I mean, you have five kids and then you have to come to the, and you turn 40, you think, I I, I can't care about (laughs) (laughs) these unrealistic expectations. I feel like you can care about like three things at one time, right? You're like, can the clothes be clean? (laughs) All right. Maybe we can make sure their clothes are clean. Are the socks matching? We can't. Not today. (laughs) Not, not today. today. That's not no, on the, the clothes list. might be clean, but like they are not matching. Like, <laughs> we just have to pick our battles. Yeah, pick yeah. your battles. Maybe three. Right. One yeah. for sure. <laughs> Two, maybe three. I want to know if this is generational. Because at the council, we're all around the same age, even though the ages of our kids sort of vary. So are we getting better at dealing with mom guilt or even talking about it? or not. So I wanted to get a different perspective. So I invited an expectant mom, you know, a mom who is going to have a real life baby very soon and has lots of expectations. Congratulations. Thank you. When are you due? So we were originally due May 7th, but then I got COVID and they switched my date to April 30th. So oh, interesting. like if that's the worst part of COVID, I'm not mad about it at all. Yeah, you just like <laughs> cooked your baby faster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, so I, you, April 30th, it sounds a whole month earlier now. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it does. The time goes by fast. Has it been a good pregnancy for you? It has. It started out a little rough. I was pretty sick, but the baby's been good the whole time. And I'm just excited to get him here. I'm excited to have him. <laughs> I can see the excitement in your face. And it's I, I'm kind of jealous of it. I remember feeling that way. It's so exciting. You have so much to look forward to. Are, are you excited about being a mom? Oh, I can't wait. I wanted to be a mom since I was like nine. So really? <laughs> I can't wait. I tend to talk to a lot of women around my age, you know, like a lot of people do. And we're in a different stage of parenting. So I really want to know what it's like for you. What do you feel like defines a good mom? Oh, that's a good question. When I think about my mom and everything that she's done for me, you know, I could track all the time she washed my sheets for me or did my laundry or did the dishes without asking me to do them. But at the end of the day, it's just how much she loved me. And that's the thing. Those are the things that I remember is the times that I'd come home from school sad because someone made fun of my clothes and she'd just hype me up, make me feel so good about myself. And she just created a safe place in our home and I always felt loved when I left. That's how I would define a good mom is just someone that makes their kids feel really loved. Can you think of a time where you saw someone and you thought, yep, that's a good mom? What were they doing? What was that? My sisters are all really good examples of good moms. I have three older sisters and they all have kids. One sister in particular... One of her daughters came home from school, and this daughter's pretty shy. 
she's pretty soft-spoken and keeps to herself. But um, she came home, and I gave her a hug, and, and my sister gave her a hug. And I was just ready to move on to the next kid, start talking to the next kid, hug the next kid that came home from school. But my sister, Brindy, she saw that Clara wasn't very happy. She was able to read her, something that mm. I couldn't see or feel just from seeing her. But she noticed that she was sad something must have happened at school. So she took her into the other room, asked her how she was doing, really asked her how her day was, and figured out why she was feeling a little bit down. And by the time they left the room, I didn't hear the whole conversation, but by the time they left the room, they both seemed so happy. And little Clara was just beaming that her mom took the time to just pull her aside and make sure she was okay. It was really awesome. Well, that's really cool. (laughs) I love that. You know, it's interesting because now that my children are a little bit older and uh, some of them have launched out into the world, it, it makes me reflective in a different way. And I've been thinking a lot about the different phases of mothering and, and times when I felt like, oh, yeah, I'm nailing it. This is awesome. You know, I'm in my groove. I was meant to do this. And then other times <laughs> where I think, oh, I'm uh, failing. Like, this is awful. <laughs> this, I am not doing this justice. You know, my, my kids deserve better than that. And and I think some of that kind of comes from pressures. And and I certainly don't want to put words in your mouth or make you nervous about being a mom. But when you stop and think about it and you see the reality of what is happening around you, just in society and your own circles, and are there certain things that you worry about? Oh, absolutely. I teach high school students right now. Oh, and, so you're in it. Yeah, and I see them. And there's certain kids that I'm like, I want to meet their mom. I want to know how they did this. This student is awesome. She really cares about what I'm teaching. She's so respectful. And there's other kids that I meet and I'm like, I want to meet your mom to make sure my kid doesn't turn out like you, right? Like, it's just so funny. There's there's so many things that make me nervous. (laughs) Well, that's interesting because you bring up a, a, a point that I think we worry about as moms is our kids are a reflection of how good or how poor our parenting is. And sometimes I think that's a slippery slope. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wonder if you feel a lot of pressure to do a lot of things specifically because you had such a great mom or because you've got sisters who who make it look easier. I wonder if going into to parenting, what your intentions are. I honestly, it's crazy because it does feel like you almost receive just a blank slate of a person when they come. But the more that I've seen children come into this world through my sisters and meeting all my nieces and nephews, they aren't a blank slate when they come. Mm -mm. They come with their own personality. They come with their own needs. And I think that's one of the most intimidating parts is maybe I will know really well how to be a mom to one of them. And then one's going to come with a completely different personality and perspective on life. And I won't, maybe I won't know how to reach them as well. Or, yeah, what will best help them like I do one of the other children? When you talk to your friends about being a mom, what kinds of things do you guys talk about? It's funny. It depends on the friend. Some friends, it's all about, I can't wait to dress my kids like this. And I can't wait <laughs> to um, just, it's, it's different with every friend. But one of my, I think, more uplifting conversations I've had with friends and the conversation of motherhood is to be able to just teach them the things that we value most. Um, and to be able to ingrain that into these kids' minds, what's important, being kind to others and loving others and teaching that to them and then being able to watch them kind of grow and blossom and turn into that person. And that's something that I'm really looking forward to. So I hate to be that girl, but I kind of am. <laughs> In the sense that, like, I relate to everything that you're saying. And, and I wonder... As you move forward, all of those things that you want to like, you know, ingrain in them and teach them and and you hope that they adopt, and that could be a lot of things. If they don't do that, if they don't value the same things that you value, what do you think you'll do? It scares me, (laughs) but I just love them. That's all. It always comes back to that is to just love them. And I think if that's my focus and that's what I feel like my number one job is as a mom is to love them. That's something I know I can always do. I don't know if I can ever—well, we can't ever force someone to be a certain way. We can do our best to try to influence them for good, but you can always love them. That's always a box you can check is make sure that they leave feeling loved. So 
at the end of the day, that's what I'm going to try to do. That's so great. I wish everyone could see like the big smile that you have on your face of like, (laughs) that you're just so excited to love this kid. Boy, wouldn't it be so great like if our kids just knew how much we loved them already, even before we met them and... It, it just, that just doesn't change. You know? It's pretty amazing. It I is. imagine it only grows. <laughs> so you're looking forward to being a new mom. What do you think about mom guilt? One of the first things that came to my mind is actually a story that my mom told me that when she had her first daughter, Brindy, she was just a perfect baby. She hardly ever cried. As long as mom was around, she was happy. She was sweet, obedient. And uh, she said she remembered going to the store one time with Brindy and saw another mom with her daughter And the daughter was just wild, just throwing a tantrum in the middle of the store. The mom couldn't console her. And my mom just thought, oh, darn it. She just must not know how to be a good mom, you know? Ooh. (laughs) Those are fighting words. I know. She's asking for it. And uh, then she got her second daughter, who acted very similar to the, the child she saw in the store that day. And she just said, oh, Okay, like, it's not <laughs> Never just Never mind. Never mind, yeah. She's like, this is a lot harder than I thought it was. Um, and I think comparison is where all that mom guilt comes from. It's either going to make you prideful or it's going to make you bitter. And so I think I can totally see why a lot of women experience mom guilt is because we naturally just compare ourselves to others in everything. But it might be magnified as a mom because we don't have control over our children completely. And so if they make a bad decision, we just automatically might put it on ourselves. Um, or if they do something that we're not proud of, we put it on ourselves. And so that's something I already am looking forward to. I know I'm going to do, and I know I'm probably going <laughs> to I love how you're like, this is the mistake I'm going to make. I'm, yeah. I'm ready for it. <laughs> no, that's, I think that's wise. And so I, I want to hear a little bit more about that. When you find yourself in it and you know you're comparing or you know your kid isn't doing what you want them to do or, or that you feel is the right thing, what will you do? I don't know. I hope someone teaches me or it starts to come naturally because I really, I don't know. Like I said, I'll, I'll love them the best that I can and love them no matter what decisions they are making. And I'm going to try my best to not put the blame or the guilt on myself. If something does happen that's out of my control or something that I'm not particularly pleased with. <laughs> Those are wise words. <laughs> and and I think that you can. I, I really do think that you can stick to that. I mean, obviously, we all struggle, right? We all have our moments where we're like, wow, this is a little bit more difficult than I thought it was going to be. But you're right. I, I appreciate you saying that you're open to have people teach you too. I think that a lot of us are resistant. We think that motherhood is so independent. Like no one else will understand the kind of mother I'm trying to be because they you know, my kid is different or my situation is different. And we really need to reach out and, and be able to, to make those connections. Do you feel that you're good at connecting with other women and asking for help? Or is this something that you struggle with? So I just usually don't like asking for help in general. I, I like to be independent and I want to know what I'm doing all the time. But it's interesting since I have even become pregnant, I've become so much more vulnerable and I call my mom almost every day. <laughs> like, wait, so what temperature should my bath water be? Oh, like, <laughs> I, I can eat deli meat or no? Is that not a, you know? I call her more than my doctor because I, I, she knows best. And which kid were you? Were you the one that was obedient in the grocery store and calm, or were you the wild one? I was probably somewhere in between. Oh, okay. I'd like to think I was the obedient one, but I'm probably biased. So <laughs> we'll right. say somewhere in between in case my mom hears this. When you talk to your friends, do they talk about mom guilt at all? So I only have one really close friend who's already a mom. And yes, absolutely. She, really? Yeah. She feels the need that his face always needs to be wiped. Oh. You know, <laughs> she, yeah. she can't have, have the kid with all over. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. She has to make sure that he doesn't have stains on his clothes, even just little things like that. Mm. Or what are people watching me feed him in public? Really? Um, just because some people are like, oh, you don't want to feed them anything under one because they'll get allergies. And some people are like, you have to feed them before they're one or else they'll get allergies, you know. So even little things like that, she just feels, yeah, kind of watched by other people. And she's one of the youngest in her family. And so watched by her sisters and her brothers. And so, yeah, she's definitely experienced that for sure. Do you think that generationally we're getting better at mom guilt and dealing with it and uh, talking about it? It would be interesting to ask my mom and my grandma, if that's something that they experienced. I think as a society, we're trying to become more accepting in general. Mm -hmm. And I think that mom guilt would probably fall into that as well. If we're more accepting of each other and the way that we live our lives, we'll just automatically be more accepting of the way that 
other people raise their children. So I hope that we're getting better, but I don't actually know how my mom felt about that or how my the earlier generations really felt and if they experienced that kind of mom guilt. It'd be an interesting conversation, wouldn't it? Would it would be, yeah. Just to see what they've gone through and in a way that sort of connects us all, I think, as mothers, right? That we're all just kind of doing the best that we can whenever I see a young mom struggling with a baby or a toddler having a meltdown in public, my heart just goes out to a way that makes me want to respond in a socially inappropriate way. Like, because what I want to do is to go up to that mom and scoop the baby up and pat (laughs) her on the back and be like, you're doing a great job. And nobody is as bothered as you think that they are by this, (laughs) because this is what babies and toddlers do. And I miss this and I love it. And here, let me help you shop. And Obviously, I don't do that because it's, you know, not socially appropriate. But I I wish that newer and younger moms knew that, that there are more people rooting for you than there are judging you. Yeah, absolutely. And I that's actually something I've noticed, too. My sisters, when they feel so discouraged, like, I should have done this or why didn't I do this? And I'm like, I think you're a perfect mom. Like, from an outside perspective, if I could be a mom like you, I'd be set, you know, but we're always harder on ourselves than I I feel we are on others. That's why I think it's so great to talk about it because your sisters probably felt so valued by you saying that. Like, I have seen you. I have watched you parent. I think you're doing a great job. Where else are you going to hear that? You don't have performance reviews regularly (laughs) as a mom and you don't get a gold star or promotion or anything. And, And so you're in your head about it so many times. And I think some people don't know how to start that conversation, right? Like, hey, I just was thinking about what a good mom you are. And I just wanted to say kudos to you. But When you hear that from someone you love and you trust, it does carry more weight. And we need to encourage each other. We can't further isolate ourselves from, you know, the daily grind of mothering and and all of our worries and concerns and stay in our own head. We really need to to share that, I think, with others. Yeah, I totally agree. In fact, one of my trainers that's training me to be a teacher right now. Oh, okay. So I'm just student teaching, so I'm still being trained. He was saying, he's like, some days there's going to be, there's going to be days that you're just like, how is this even a job? Like, this is just so fun. And I get to be with these awesome kids and it's just so wonderful. I love the subject that I teach. And then he's like, then there's going to be a kid that walks into your class and you're like, well, there's my paycheck. Like, that's why I'm getting paid for this. And um, I think that's how a lot of, we have a reward system in our society that even if you had a really bad teaching day, you still get your paycheck at the end of a month. And you do have people come and do performance reviews. And as a mom, you don't ever get that immediate reward. You don't get a paycheck. You don't get get a tangible thing every day or every week that you can look forward to to know you did a good job and to know that you did your work. So I think you're absolutely right. Encouraging each other and finding specific things that we admire about each other in in the way that they mother, we should say it out loud and we should tell them because that might be their paycheck for the week. Because I love kids that. I'm going to say them. that if I have a hard parenting day with my teenagers, well, I earned my paycheck today. <laughs> paycheck kid. Paycheck kid. And then the other days, I can't even believe this is my job. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Those days will come and go. And yeah, it's, it's, we're playing the long game here. We got the, the, the long, the long distance. It's a good perspective. I'm super excited for you. Thank you. I'm so excited. (laughs) I realize that mom guilt is a complicated issue because oftentimes we're dealing with unseen forces of society, the expectations, the changing list of traits that we need and different influences that are constantly in flux. So I really feel like it's important to take a step back regularly and talk to somebody who has a completely different perspective and someone who regularly speaks with people who are dealing with this issue, Dr. Julie Hanks. So this idea of mom guilt, I think sometimes we think, well, we're the exception, right? Like everybody else has got it together. And for some reason, I can't get it together. I can't crack this code of how to, you know, get all of it done. I know sometimes I I feel that way. And so I wanted to ask you, like, really what your attitudes towards mom guilt are. Is it something that you feel? It is something that I've definitely felt. I actually do not feel it anymore. Okay, this is groundbreaking <laughs> to me. I, I'm like, how did I get to this point? No, this is, yeah, please tell me <laughs> your secrets. Okay, so we have so many expectations about what a good mom is and does and should be mm-hmm. that are total crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
impossible for anyone to achieve. And yet we all kind of buy into these high expectations and then think we're horrible mothers and we feel guilty all the time. It's just this really unhealthy way to think about motherhood. Yeah. You know, I couldn't agree more as that it's it's unhealthy. You know, I've, I've seen memes going around like, oh, so I'm supposed to, you know, exercise and time, find time for myself, but also, you know, make dinner and have a clean house and work full time and develop my hobbies. And, you know, mm-hmm. and it'll just list this list and like, so this is how I'm supposed to live, right? And we laugh at it and stuff. But so then we wh- internalized why it. Why do we still internalize it while it's a joke? How does that work? Well, we've grown up with being taught certain expectations about what good mothers do, mm-hmm. and we're in a transition generation. Oh, So most adults now saw a more traditional pattern but don't want to repeat that, mm-hmm. but we have no model of how that should be. Oh, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought of it that way. Yeah, and our expectations are so unrealistic, I think, because of media and social media, not blaming them, but like we no, see— you know, we see, mm-hmm. oh, well, they're doing this. And we see the best parts of everyone and think, mm-hmm. well, you know, we should have all those best parts. Yeah. And the first thing that I did when I became a mom is I mm-hmm. wrote down a list of my beliefs about motherhood. Did you really? That's I very did. self-aware. Well, I was, you know, studying psychology yeah, yeah, in my undergrad. True. and then. You know, <laughs> yeah. But I was feeling horrible about going to school, leaving my newborn And I just thought, okay, it was actually for an assignment for a class. I thought, oh, well, I'll talk about motherhood. So I wrote down these beliefs in a a column. And the next column, I wrote down the origin. Mm. So religious culture, American culture, you know, parents, grandma, where those came from. Mm -hmm. And then the third column, I wrote what I actually believe. Okay. So one of them, I remember, I mean, this was like 31 years ago. I remember good mothers are with their child 24-7. Where does that come from? You know, culture, family expectations, blah, blah, you know, mother-in-law, whatever. What I actually believe is it's really good for kids and moms and parents to be away from each other for periods of time because then you enjoy the time together and I trust that other people will take good care of my child. And so I kind of wrote down what I actually believe. But making it explicit, it was like, okay, I can let go of this thing that kind of hovers in my brain, this belief, (laughs) right? right? And replace it with this. And it was really helpful. And so through the years, I have challenged those beliefs. Like, really? Really? Does a good mom really have to make a warm breakfast in the morning and wake up before their kids do? No, I'm not a morning person. I'm not waking up. My kids come in and kiss me goodbye. They get them, you know, it's like I don't get up. It's so interesting because it's like it's so individualized. You know, I I love a good at like assignment or a task or checklist. So I love your idea of like writing it out and really looking at it. And I, and I, it might be kind of uncomfortable. Did you have some uncomfortable moments like that when you were writing the lists and thinking, oh, I don't know really what I think? Or did you have, did you change your mind? Yeah. I was able to go, wait, I actually don't believe this. I mean, it's been taught to me, but I don't believe it. Okay. And I was able to balance those out. Like, Mm -hmm. well, that's really unrealistic. I will never achieve that. Why am I thinking that that's the definition of a good mom? Yeah. And over the years as I've parented, I've really come to believe that motherhood is about the relationship. It is not a list of tasks that need to be done in order to prove you're a good mom. It's a connection. Yeah. And how we do that is going to vary depending on the mom and the child and the needs of the family and the time of life. And and so it just, if it's about connection, then the way you do that is going to reflect who you are and what you value and what your gifts and strengths are, not this pre-scripted role of good mother. And that really quite 
frankly, is self-centered, right? Because it has to do with you, not necessarily what your kid needs. Right. I, you know, right. and, and, and I, I have to prove, I have to prove I'm okay. I know. I can sometimes joke with my kids of like, look at this dinner I made. I'm a good mom. Like, mm-hmm. just like validate me. Almost like I'm making fun of myself to give them sort of permission. They look at me like, what is your deal? Yeah. And it is something that I hope that my daughters specifically don't struggle with as much mm-hmm. because those sort of societal or family or cultural I guess, stereotypes or checklists are so ingrained in certain ways. But sometimes they come out of a a really good place of like, I just want to give my kids the best, right? And so Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll justify kind of sort of what I call martyr behavior Mm -hmm. by like, well, I'm doing what needs to be done. Because because I love you. Yeah, I love you so much. And sometimes I just think, well, you know, if the kids don't care— then who am I really proving that to? Mm-hmm. For example, like I love having a clean house. Like I have this clean gene and mm. I follow cleaning podcasts. Mm. And, and like I, I like it personally. Yeah, It's a kind of a weird thing of like I have such a sense of almost like a high when I mm-hmm. my house is clean. Like I love it so much. And I have had to learn, though, to separate it from my feelings as a mother. It has nothing to do with motherhood. It's just like a personality thing for me. You know, I'd love my kids to go off in the world and be very clean, but they know how to clean. Yeah. But whether they love it or not to the depth that I do is, <laughs> like, they might not have a favorite mop like I do, is what I'm saying. Is, is that things you have a now, mop? Oh. I don't even have no, a No, I have mop. a mopping system. <laughs> Listen, we're going to get on a side tangent okay. about this because I this is how invested I am. But I remember being at home with you know, five little kids and having to, though, say, oh, my liking things to be clean is different from being a mom. Like, this mm-hmm. is my thing yeah. that I like, that I want, that I wasn't able to have for a while because of mothering five little kids. Housekeeping but it was hard. is not a relationship. It is not. So how do, how do you strengthen your relationship with your kids in a way that feels authentic to who you are? Well, I actually asked them about a week and a half ago. Really? I said, how do you feel love from me? Because That's I, a great question. I was actually with some girlfriends, and they were all talking about cooking and baking and different things. And one of them turns to me, and they're like, do you just not like to cook? And I'm like, yeah, I just don't like to cook. Yeah. Like, we have food and we eat, but that's not a way that I yeah, find self-expression. Hmm. And my husband actually does most of the shopping. He does all the grocery shopping and most of the cooking. And I just, they said, well, that's a way that I show my family love. Oh, interesting. And I was like, mm. huh, uh. how do I show my family love? And I was like, <laughs> I had a little bit of bad mom, like, oh, well, everybody else is, <laughs> likes cooking and what's wrong with me? Anyway, so I sent them all a text, like, what are some specific ways that you feel love from me? And they all said totally different things. They did. Yeah, which was oh, that's kind great. of cool. Because yeah, that's cool. Because that means I'm customizing my connection with them, right? Yeah. So one of them said, oh, you you always are affectionate and you hug and kiss me and I love that. And you make time to come and visit us. And that means a lot. And one said, I can always go to you for advice and you never judge me. And I know I can always approach you. And, you know, Aww. anyway, the other one said, you snuggle with me and you Aww. take me shopping and you do this. You yeah. know, that's my teenager. Yeah, well, of course. Right? <laughs> but um, it was kind of helpful to, for me to like let go of that little bit of like, yeah. huh, just for a second. I'm like, is something wrong with me? <laughs> you know? And then I was like, no, nothothing's wrong with me. No. I just mm-hmm. don't like that. It's not my strength. And and it's great that they do. And I have other ways of connecting with my kids. Yeah, that are valuable. You know, you- Earlier when we were talking about, you know, and I really loved what you were saying about this is the transitional generation, because I think we're so self-aware about this mom guilt, and we're talking about it in a way that I think that our mothers or grandmothers wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong, but we are acknowledging some, you know, uncomfortable truths about ourselves and, and our roles. But you've also given me a new perspective really frankly about like seeing it as a relationship. Yeah. Don't see it, you know, instead of saying, well, how do we change it? I don't know. You know, social media, what are you going to do? And, you know, put our arms up and like, yeah. No, changing it from a checklist to a relationship is a very doable like movement to be able to talk about that. And and it doesn't diminish or take away from your friends who like, I love to bake and cook. And that's how it's great. Like it could because it's not like stop doing this and start doing this and like women shaming other women. Right. But it but it's really taking ownership for well, what do my kids need? What can I give? What are my strengths? What are sort of Yeah, what are their needs? Yeah. I I think it's so freeing. Because it has nothing to do with whether you work part-time or full-time or whether you're Mm -hmm. a stay-at-home parent or whether you're, you know, what you're doing, you can always have a relationship. And a relationship doesn't require 24-7, like, 
eyes on, you know, staring at them all the time. If you did, it might be an unhealthy relationship. It would be really unhealthy. And <laughs> you would, yeah, your kids would be coming to see me when they grow right, up. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so focusing on the relationship and the unique connection be- with yeah. each child has allowed me to let go of the guilt. And I think accepting who I am and what my strengths are and what my things I care about and don't care about Mm -hmm. has really freed me from beating myself up about what I don't do. It's like, yeah, I don't do that. I don't do that. And it's fine. And it means nothing. So Mm -hmm. you're also pointing to this tendency we have as a culture to look for external validation. Yes, yeah. Well, and in with motherhood, it's overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. 24-7, the stakes are high. Mm-hmm. I just want my kids to, quote, unquote, turn, turn out, out right. And so I don't want to make any mistakes. And so am I doing it right? Am I did mm-hmm. it? And so that kind of panic, you know, I felt that. Yeah. And uh, that anxiety is what messes up kids. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> you know so mean? tell like, me a little bit more about what you mean about that and how we can like— I mean, not, not, I'm well, saying no, that tongue-in-cheek. No, but, but it's true, though, because they feed off of those how we feel. Right. And if we're showing them a mom is always like high-strung and, and stressed out and self-deprecating, then what are we saying? We're modeling that that's what grown-ups do. Okay. Yeah. So think about how do I want my children to be when they grow up? How do I want them to feel? Mm-hmm. How do I want them to treat themselves? I remember as a Mm. late teen young adult, I realized I need to figure out how to be the kind of adult woman where my daughters are excited to grow up. Yeah. Where it's not like, oh, frazzled all the time and uh, never taking time for herself and Mm -hmm. never buying anything for herself Mm -hmm. and never, you know, Mm -hmm. always doing this. And that's that's kind of been my, how can I model something that I want for my kids when they grow up? That's such a good point because I want my kids to want to be parents. I, you know, I want them to have that desire and I feel like they will want it or not if I look like I love it or not. Right. And And they may or may not want it even if you do love it. That's true. But you want to be modeling something that's healthy, that's positive where they're like, yeah. Where they're happy to see you and you're happy to see them. Right, right. (laughs) Where they want to be with you. So what happens frequently is that... Mothers become so overwhelmed with the unrealistic expectations Mm -hmm. that they are constantly self-deprecating, feeling bad, feeling guilt, sometimes feeling shame. And then the the kid feels like they have to take care of the mom because the mom's not emotionally thriving. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, like make it okay for them. Mm -hmm. And in a relationship like that, I mean, it really, the kids need to not be worried about taking care of mom. And, right. And in her heart of hearts, that's not what we want to create. But it is interesting, the, the things that we do or the things that we say, how we talk about it, how we talk about motherhood and how it's like represented of like sort of all or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always so fascinated in popular culture where when I'm watching TV and movies, it's either the mom that's like, well, now I just do everything, you know, right. And it's perfection or it's the... I don't do anything, you know, Mm -hmm. and I drink all day and I like I've let everything go. And it's it's sort of that, you know, culture that that is perpetuated of which camp are you in? Like self-indulgence. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's all this like I've been reading a lot of articles about like the mom, like wine culture, you know, is it one Mm -hmm. like like this is so hard. I just have to check out. And that sends a message to our kids. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it just sends a message to like either. I'm so high strung and I don't have time for you because I'm so busy being a perfect mom or I don't care. Nothing matters. You're on your own. Mm. And most moms do not fall in to those extremes. And yet that's, I think, often how they're portrayed. And it's in the back of our heads, yeah. right? Like Those are caricatures. They are. It's not they're reality. They're not real. Yeah. And so what I've found has worked for me is selectively opting out, mm-hmm. like consciously opting out instead of like, oh, forget it. But it's like yeah. I decided when my kids were younger, I'm going to do one thing at the school every year for every child. That's great. So one, it might yeah. be go on a field trip or help with this Christmas party mm-hmm. or whatever. And it was just one thing a year. Doable. That's, I can do that whether I'm working or home or whatever. Yep. So like setting the parameters mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. what's going to be a good mom for me is, you know, doing one thing a year per kid. That's yeah. And I'm defining that. I'm not looking for external validation. Like, I have to be the PTA president or I have right. to be in the classroom at least every week or it's not going to work. I'm a working mom, you know. So just opting out of, like, those expectations. 
Yeah. Like, you know what? Like I said, I'm not going to get up and make a warm breakfast. That's not my thing. It's yeah. great if it is your yeah. thing, but I'm going to do other things for my kids. And and when we hold them up and sort of hold their weight and value and exchange with each other, I feel like those conversations that we have like with our friends, with our family members, our community members can help either encourage or discourage that kind of stuff. And I would love to be able to see us be a little bit more encouraging of each other, mm-hmm. making different choices instead of being threatened by it. Yeah. Instead of, oh, I could never leave my kids for that long. Or I would get so bored at home. Or, you know, like mm-hmm. those little kind of like microaggressions that we say to each other that is justifying our own choice and sort of attacking someone else, you know. I feel like this idea of mom guilt is so widespread because, you know, I've been a stay-at-home mom. I've been a mom that works part-time, and I've been a working mom. Like, I, I, I've i been in the category, and yeah. and the guilt and the issues have been the same. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, guess right. what? Didn't change. Yeah, yeah. You know? And and so I find that totally fascinating. Yeah. And, and I find that when I talk to, like, my friends or other people, it's almost like I feel like I want to signal to them of, like, this is a safe place because— I've been there, mm-hmm. and it's all hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can we yeah. start from there? <laughs> what, w- one thing that comes to mind as you're talking is that we make other people's choices mean something about us when they mean nothing about us. Oh, yeah. Like, you being a full-time working mom means nothing about my choice. It, no. it, like, they're totally unrelated, and yet we make other people's choices or talents or gifts, we make it mean something about us. And that's been a very freeing thing personally. Yeah. Is to recognize it means nothing about me. I can celebrate the fact that you just started this business or you did this or you, you know, did this huge birthday party, Pinterest worthy. Great. Great. Like it means nothing about me and my motherhood. And it's just such a generous act when we can support each other Mm -hmm. just as women. So this isn't something that is easily solved, Uh, but I do hope that we can all kind of go back and listen to others who've made their way through mom guilt, those who experience it and still struggle with it, and those who have solved it in their, their minds, because this is how real change happens. You know, the way that we treat women in society, the the expectations that we have on ourselves and on others and that others have on us, we're not going to solve that. But to be aware of that, I think, can bring about a lot of change. And, and again, I really appreciate the generosity of those who are willing to be vulnerable and talk about how they've made their way through this. Because, I mean, listen, after all, I mean, we're just all making it up as we go. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio. We're produced by Lisa Valentine Clark, Richie Stedman, and McKay Menden. And special thanks to Dr. Julie Hanks. You can find more of her work at drjuliehanks.com or listen to her podcast, Ask Dr. Julie Hanks. Next week on the show, what a psychologist for professional athletes has to say for struggling parents. Most of the time, the fear that we deal with in life is irrational, and that applies to slumps where we start to, you know, cliche, make mountains out of molehills. Uh, we've had a tough couple of days, tough week or two at work. And pretty soon we have this really growing, dramatic, irrational fear. What will people think of us? And, you know, will I be viewed as competent and all these things? When in reality, usually none of those things are happening. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single thing.